0: Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchin as we continue the series, Awaken. If you'd like prayer, simply text PRAY to 630-793-6399. Our prayer team is standing by and ready to pray for you. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. talking to someone, maybe a roommate or a spouse or a friend. And while you're in the conversation, you're also multitasking. We all do that, right? And you think you're listening, but when that person walks away, you realize you have no idea what was just said or worse, what you just agreed to. I don't know about you, but I feel like this has gotten even worse during this last year of working from home. Am I the only one who's been in a Zoom meeting and suddenly realized I've been scrolling through social media for the last few minutes? Admit it, you've done it too. Of course, it's worse when you're on the other side. I won't name any names, but I've experienced talking to someone who was physically there, but not mentally engaged. We all want people to be present to our presence, don't we? We all want to feel connected. In 2015, researchers at the University of California at Berkeley announced that they would be part of a multi-million dollar project to see if there is intelligent life in the universe. Their plan was to send tiny nanocrafts like spaceship butterflies to see if there was anyone out there to connect with. And in our own way, I think we're all constantly sending out tiny little probes emotional nanocrafts, if you will, to find out whether we're actually connected. Researcher John Gottman calls these bids for emotional connection. They can be small, like saying, did you see the game last night? Or they can be big, like saying, I'm not sure my spouse loves me anymore. We learn to make these bids for connection before we can even talk. For example, a baby's cry is a bid to connect. Now, of course, these bids can also be nonverbal, such as a a gesture, a look, a touch. A bid is simply any single expression that communicates, I wanna feel connected to you. And intimacy is either built up or eroded. Based on how well we respond to the emotional nanocrafts of relational life. It begs the question what happens when we're so distracted that the bids don't land? What might we be missing? We are in week two of our series Awaken. At the start of this new year, we are asking God to awaken us so that we don't drift through the coming year distracted and miss what He has for us. We want to be intentional about hearing from God and following Him as He leads us into the days and the weeks and the months ahead. It's one of the reasons we started a tradition here at Community a few years ago. Every January, we join together for 21 days of prayer and fasting, The 21 days start tomorrow and you can find all the information to join us at communitychristian.info. Now this year for our time of prayer and fasting, we believe God is calling us to focus on our mission, helping people find their way back to God. It's our shared mission. It's the reason that we exist as a community. It's the calling that God has placed on us as a people. And we all have a role to play in carrying out this mission, because God has put in people in each one of our lives. He brings people, people you know and people you don't know, across your path every day. Realize you very well could be God's plan for helping that person find their way back to Him. Now, last week, we began the series by asking God to awaken us to people, to help us recognize the needs of the people around us, and respond to them with compassion. Our hope for this series and this season of prayer and fasting is that every one of us will hear from God and join Him in His mission. We are anticipating that God will use this season to write new stories of people finding their way back to God. But the mission isn't actually the place we need to start. Something else must come first. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Let me explain what I mean. If we turn to to Luke chapter 10, we find that the air is just full of anticipation. Now we started this series in that chapter last week with the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we're going to be in this chapter all throughout this series. At the beginning of the chapter, this is what we read. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Jesus is sending 72 people out on a mission. He's got 72 people who are raring to go. And in the coming weeks, we're gonna see what God was able to do through them. People everywhere were finding their way back to God. Supernatural things were happening. It's the kind of stuff that we long for. I want to see God do all sorts of amazing things in our midst. But we're actually going to pause here and we're going to rewind. We're not going to talk about all of that today. Today, we're going to focus on just the first two words of this chapter. After this. So many times our eyes just skip right over those words. They seem to be ordinary transition words, simply leading us to the next story. But I want to suggest that these are some of the most important words in this chapter. Without them, none of the amazing stuff that comes next would have happened. So what do they mean? After what? What happened before this part of the story? To answer that, let's go all the way back to Luke chapter five and, and camp out there for, for just a little bit. Luke chapter five marks the beginning of Jesus's ministry. He started teaching and healing, but he hasn't yet gathered the core group of his disciples. Well, one morning, Jesus comes to the edge of a lake where he, a large crowd is just pressing in on him from all sides. So, so he gets into a boat so that he can address the crowd from there. Now, when he's finished with his teaching, he turns to the fisherman in the boat, a guy named Simon, who we also know as Peter, and he instructs him to, to move the boat to deeper water and put the nets down. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. You can almost hear the skepticism in Peter's voice, can't you? Like, like Jesus this is my job. You're pretty good at your job, but, but this fishing is my job. This is what I do. Now, I'm gonna do it because it doesn't hurt to try, but, but I don't think it'll work. And maybe you felt that way. Jesus, you're good at all this spiritual stuff, but you don't understand the stuff that goes on in, in my life. Well, Peter and his crew do what Jesus said to do and they catch an enormous amount of fish. So many fish that their nets begin to break and they have to call for backup. And I find what happens next so fascinating. If I were Peter, I probably would have gotten really excited, maybe even asked Jesus for more fishing tips. Like, like tell me how to do this all the time, Jesus. or Or maybe Jesus, tell me what numbers to play in the mega millions, (laughs) right? But that's not what happens. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Peter and the others are are overwhelmed by the power they see in Jesus. If you can put yourself in Peter's shoes for just a minute, Think about what you normally do on a day-to-day basis and envision Jesus showing up. He offers some pointers that seem pointless, but you go along with it and are blown away by the results. I mean, sure, you might be excited, but your sense of awe also fills you with fear. Who is this guy? And trembling, you look into his eyes and Jesus says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. We're gonna work together from now on, Jesus tells Peter. He invites Peter, James and John to to shift their focus from, from catching fish to catching people, or as we like to say, helping people find their way back to God. It's an invitation to follow him, to be with him, to get to know him, to learn from him, and then to do what he does. And how do these men respond? So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. They follow Jesus and others do as well. And what happens in the days and the weeks and the months ahead is that they grow in a genuine friendship with Jesus. This is so important for us to understand. Genuine friendship with Jesus is central to the mission that he has called us to. Before impact comes intimacy. Before fruit comes friendship. You see, the amazing supernatural events that'll take place in Luke chapter 10 take place after this, after Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the 72 experience a genuine, growing, intimate friendship with Jesus. And that is why, as we move forward into 2021, as we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we are asking God to awaken us to His presence to awaken us to his presence. For you see, Jesus extends the same invitation to you and to me that he spoke to Peter 2,000 years ago. It's an invitation to shift our focus from all the lesser temporal things that, that have dominated our lives to an eternal pursuit to join Jesus in his mission of helping people find their way back to God. But it's important for us to realize that before impact comes intimacy, before fruit comes friendship. Genuine friendship with Jesus is central to the mission He has called us to. He is inviting us, you and me, to follow Him, to be with Him, to get to know Him, to learn from Him, and then to do what He does. The question is, how will we respond to Jesus. My prayer is that we will respond as these first disciples responded. I see two things in their response that I think can challenge us today. First, the disciples let go. They let go. To follow Jesus, the disciples had to let Go, remember how the story ended. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. They left everything, their boats, their nets, their families, their source of income, their identities as fishermen. You see, a lot of us want Jesus, but we also wanna hold on to our old way of life, don't we? Yet a growing, genuine friendship with Jesus will require us to to let go of some things, things like like control. A lot of us want Jesus, but but we wanna hold on to the reins of our own life. After all, that's part of the American dream, isn't it? To control your own destiny. Yet following Jesus means surrendering control to Him. His will, not my will. His kingdom, not my kingdom. He gets to call the shots on, on where I live, what I do, how I spend my time, how I spend my money. Will we let go of control? Following Jesus will also require us to, to let go of our rights. We're taught in our culture to look out for, for me and mine. We wanna be first in line. We want the seats of honor. We want the pull of power. Yet Jesus says in his kingdom, The first will be last, and the last will be first. He calls us to to lay down our rights for the sake of the poor, the disenfranchised, the oppressed. He calls us to serve. Will we let go of our rights? We likely also will have to let go of, of comfort. That may include physical comforts as we begin to reallocate our resources for His mission. But following Jesus will also certainly push us out of our comfort zone. I can tell you, as, as someone who is more introverted, I certainly feel this one. There are lots of times when I'd like to pretend I don't see a need, pretend I don't notice a bid for connection. I'm just being honest with you about that. But following Jesus will lead us into conversations that challenge us, connections that will sometimes be a little messy Will we let go of our comfort. This list, it could go on and on. Following Jesus will require us to let go of, of, of outcomes, of our reputation, maybe even our, our safety, certainly our prejudices, and, and sometimes even our religion. The first disciples, they let go of their old way of life to follow Jesus, and we must too. But they didn't just let go. They also Now, some of you expect me to say, let God, but here's where the disciples modeled something different. They learned to lean in. You see... What happens between this encounter in Luke chapter 5 and the sending out of the 72 in Luke chapter 10 is the growth of a genuine friendship between the disciples and Jesus. The disciples leaned in. If we flip through these chapters of Luke, we see that the disciples bring their friends to Jesus to be healed. They, They share meals with Jesus. They listen to Jesus teach. They experience Jesus' Calming a storm, they watched Jesus raise a young girl from the dead. The disciples walked with Jesus. They asked him questions. They listened to Jesus. They learned from him. They got to know Jesus, not just know about him, but intimately know him. Jesus invited them to do life together and the disciples leaned in. What about us? Will we lean in? For you see, Jesus is still present in our world today. No longer limited by a physical body to one spot at one time to a small group of people. Jesus through this Holy Spirit is now present everywhere all the time to everyone. And I believe that he is continually sending out nanocrafts, repeated bids for relational connection. And we will recognize him if we awaken to his presence. What do these bids look like? My guess is they come to us in a million different ways. Here's a few that I've, I've recognized in my own life. You see, I find his bids in, in nature, even in the middle of a cold, dreary winter in Chicago. When I pause to, to watch the falling snow or when I stand for a minute in the light of the, the rare winter sun, I feel him inviting me to see him in his creation. I sense him inviting me to lose myself in wonder for just a moment at this, this incredible world that he has made. I also find his bids in, in scripture. When I read a sentence or a phrase that was penned thousands of years ago and it still cuts straight to my heart, I find him in his words about remaining in him and, and his desire to give me rest. See, I feel him inviting me to, to know his heart, to follow. In his ways, I find his bids in people. When he provides the, the daily bread that my soul needs through a, a text from a friend or a kind gesture from a stranger, he often loves us through each other. I see him when I pause to recognize him in the kindness of another person or, or when he awakens me to a need that, that I can help meet. Jesus is everywhere. And that means every moment is an opportunity to lean in and encounter him. Every moment is an opportunity to grow in intimacy with him. The question is, how will we respond to Jesus? My prayer is that we will respond as the first disciples responded, by letting go and by leaning in. And that's really what lies before us, as we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, an opportunity to let go and lean in. For 21 days, we will let go of something we normally center a lot of our lives around, food, in order to lean in and encounter Jesus. I would love for you to join us in this season, whether you are new to prayer and fasting or if you're a seasoned veteran, You can engage in the 21 days in whatever way is best for you. I encourage you to pick something that is challenging yet also reasonable. Like if you've never fasted before, maybe start with with one day a week or maybe one meal over multiple days. But if that's what you've done for the past couple of years, how could you challenge yourself in a new way this year? You can find all the information you need to join us at communitychristian.info. I'd also encourage you to make sure you're signed up for the community daily and our social media pages so that we can encourage you with, with scriptures and, and with prayer prompts along the way. In fact, let's say this week's communal prayer together right now, wherever you are, would you say this out loud with me? Lord, help us let go of anything distracting us from your presence so that we can lean into intimacy with you. We believe that as a community, God has called us to help people find their way back to God. Yet before there is impact, there is intimacy. Before there is fruit, there is friendship. Genuine friendship with Jesus is central to the mission he has called us to. So as we start this new year, Let's not drift through the coming days, weeks, and months distracted and miss what God has for us. Jesus is here. He is present and he is inviting us to experience intimacy with him. The 21 days of prayer and fasting can be a fresh start, a new beginning of letting go and leaning in. May 2021 be the year when we fully awaken to his presence. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Spirit. We thank you, God, that you are present with us in this moment, wherever we are, wherever we are listening, that you are with us. I pray that in the coming days and weeks and months, you would awaken us to your presence, that you would help us to recognize your bids for connection. Lord, and that we would see you everywhere we go, everywhere everywhere we find ourselves. We would be aware of your presence. And in that, Lord, transform us into people who are on mission for you. We thank you for the season that we are in right now. We thank you for the opportunity we have to let go and lean in over these next 21 days. Reveal yourself to us. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.